welcome to the Rangers Topic in association with rangersnewsfeed.com. We've been talking with the idea of a pod for a while now and here we are, our first ever episode. To give you a brief insight into how we're going to go about things, it's not going to be how did we play at the weekend or who do you think we'll sign in the next window, it's going to be more subject based and topics that the guys bring to the table each pod. So sit back and relax and I hope you enjoy our first pod. So how are we guys, I'll start with you but Oh good, good. All good. All good. All good. Looking forward to get back into the podcast game. That's good. Good to hear. So, we're going to start off with Bo. What is your topic for this week? Um, my topic was looking at the way players who've left and started their, their new careers or, or out on loan at other clubs, for example, Halloran, um, Gardner, and Wycon scoring goals away. So, my question really was arguments popped up is did those guys get a fair crack at the whip? Um, my question would be, is there any players from kind of recent history who you maybe think didn't get a fair crack at the whip? Who um, who maybe just didn't get that chance? Do you think they could have done really well for the club? Right. I'm actually going to go with Charlie Adam for this one. Um don't know. Might split a few opinions, but I thought he was quite a talent when he was here. Um, he hadn't reached his full potential, but you could tell he had... A massive potential in which to fulfil, especially with the left foot that he had. Um, he always had a chance from a set piece, corner kicks. He was always going to score or have a, a, I don't know, he was very good from set pieces. It surprised you a lot of the time. Um, and I can remember, I think it was one of the facts that everybody used to bang on about Nakamura at Celtic, how he was this free kick genius and he was excellent. The season Nakamura actually scored 12, Charlie Adams scored 14. Nobody ever banged on about him. And was that the Hibs ones? Oh, the two <laughs> Hibs ones are excellent. <laughs> Michael Ambe helped. Uh, yeah, that, that's two that come to mind. Not so much Michael Ambe. If you leave that at the front post, how often do you see guys that pick up in that Aye. and actually attempt it? He was, it was quite confident to go for it. It was. He was loaned out. It, it, I think he had spells at Ross County and St Mirren. Am I right in saying that? And then he came back and got his chance under Le Guin and. It was pretty decent. Goals against Celtic, Stuttgart in the Champions League, which stands out. Um, and and like you say, did they get a flair crack at the whip? I, no, I don't think so. What do you think? See, I tend to look at that. I sort of agree with you because I think Walter Smith kind of used them for a lot of big games, but he used them kind of sparingly. Um, and when he did throw them in, it was to a high-profile game and he did generally do well. But I remember... A couple of old firm games he got thrown in for, and there was one in particular I remember at Ibrox, and he didn't do well, but he hadn't really featured in the games before that. So it's it's a bit of a tough ask. So I found Underwater Smith, he maybe threw him in here and there. Um, and whereas you see how well he done it, like a Blackpool, if he thinks he's appreciate, if he thought he was appreciated as a as a player and he had a bit of belief in him and was left to to kind of to kind of do his job, then. He ended up doing really well. It's other times when he was maybe under a manager that didn't have faith in him or didn't have total faith in him, he was his number one, then he struggled. So I maybe if he was the main man under Walter Smith, but Walter Smith tend to do that. The season he was there, it was that kind of year where he couldn't get that many games, that many different kind of opponents. You couldn't really keep the same settled team, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I, th- I think so. <laughs> Just looking at it as well, the the figures, like, we've had a big moaning stuff about the fee that came in for Barry Mackay. Um, 500,000 for probably one of the most promising talents we've produced in a long while. Charlie Adam went for less mm. to Blackpool. He kind of faded away into obscurity. From Blackpool, he went to Liverpool for £8 million. And then on to Stoke, where he is just now, for £6 million. 
I think it just kind of shows you they did take a step up in his career. Uh, I, I kind of agree. I think he always seemed to perform with the lesser teams, if that's no disrespect, but he did well with like St Mern, Blackpool, stuff like that. He was always good. I don't know if maybe a club with a lot of pressure, Liverpool Rangers, maybe a bit, bit much for him. But I know what you mean. He was always put out in loan and stuff, wasn't he? So I agree he probably didn't get a fair crack of work, but he was technically he was pretty good. Free kicks, mm-hmm. corners, he had something to offer. Yeah, and yeah, I'd probably agree that he could have had a better chance. I felt it was about that time he offered something different. The rest of the midfielders didn't. Yeah. Like we had a very strong midfield, but it was Barry Ferguson, Kevin Thompson, Aye. Stephen Davis, who were all kind of not similar. They had they were very neat and tidy, but he was the one out of that that would maybe, as you said, a set piece or maybe have a writing pass. I think Pedro Mendes was there at that time as well, so he had something special. So, in fairness to Walter Smith at that time, he had a lot to choose from. Um, but I think Charlie Adam was completely different from from them. Definitely. But uh, any any other options? Who who do we think didn't get a fair crack at the whip? Augie, who you got? Right, I've I've got three jotted down. Three. But, we could be but, here all no, night. I've it down to one. <laughs> right, I, just okay. want, I just want to mention them. So there was a controversial one, probably Joey Barton. Actually, I agree. <laughs> I know it's controversial. Actually, I agree. I think there was too many yes men under Matt Warburton who just says yes. Let's go on with it. They would never answer back to him, whereas he kind of bit back. I, I, there's something in the back of my mind that makes me think he would have succeeded under Kishina. So. I've got to say I disagree with that one. I think that he came in totally underestimated Scottish football. Didn't really look as if he hadn't done much over the summer. I know he was doing a lot of talk sport. Or I think it was talk sport he was working with that summer in the, in the Euros. Um, underestimated, talked a really good game. Um, spoke up the rivalry with Scott Brown. But I just didn't really see it from a, as a player. I don't. You can't really judge what happened behind the scenes until you see it. And I agree with you in the sense that uh, Warburton probably needed. The, there probably wasn't enough nasty players in there that were, you know, winners. But for me, it was Barton. It was it was all kind of talk, to be honest with you. No, in, I, my, I, in my opinion, I know where you're coming from. I just think I wonder if we'd have got him if he was fit and took it serious. Because mm-hmm. he's kind of he's kind of mucked about everywhere he's went, hasn't he? And he's now been done and he's banned. I think he's got 18 months or 12 months whatever it is but I think he's obviously a bit of a nutter but I do think he is technically a good player and he would have probably been good for a midfield especially last year when it was pretty weak Aye. Well, I f- well that I would have found interesting to see if a manager like Walter Smith was there when he was there because he Strong could man. handle characters like yeah. you know he handled Gaza Juf came in with a reputation and never really caused a lot of a bother under, under Walter Smith you wonder how Walter Smith could have handled Aye. you know somebody like that um, whereas Warburton he didn't get the impression he could deal with it. I mean he I think see the talking at the start I think Watersmith would have totally shot that down you uh, know no, under a weaker manager he, he probably had a free reign a wee bit and then it all kind of came to head and didn't really get handled in the best uh, way for a lot of players it comes down to old firm games I think mm-hmm. and he obviously looked a bit of a <laughs> in that game and uh, then there's other players that look really good in those games like Dembele so just I just I feel like it was a wee bit didn't get a crack of the whip, a crack of the whip. But my main one I was going to go with was Jeremy Clement, and I think we spoke about it earlier. Mm-hmm. I really liked him. I loved Kevin Thompson as a player, and he was kind of similar to him. Aye, a wee bit quite classy on the ball, neat and tidy, good tackle. I liked him. I'd, I'd like to know really what what kind of happened with that one because was it? I mean, I know he was kind of he was sort of like Gwen's love child, wasn't he? He sort of like went kind of a few clubs, well, um, and it seems as if 
he went straight as Lagoyan went. So I wonder <laughs> if he was, if he actually wanted to go or whether Smith had, had said you're not really my type of player. Aye. I don't, I don't know, but I, I agreed. I really liked him. I think he was one of the bright. Aye. I uh, from Smith taking over from Le Guin, it was kind of similar to what's happening with Cashinia just now, where he's came in, he's totally wiped out Warburton's team, all but a handful. If if that, excuse me. Um, but with Clermont, you know, and this might split a few opinions as well, and I was proven wrong. When he came in and wiped out Le Guin's team, I honestly thought Papach would have been one of the first to go because I don't yeah. think he'd done it under. I don't think he'd done it under Le Guin at all. Mm-hmm. But it turned out Papach was the only one he kept from Le Guin's team. Um, and Clement, like you say, I think you're absolutely spot on. Mm-hmm. It was very, it was elegant on the ball. He could pass aye. forward. They had a good profile because if I'm right, he came from Leon. Yeah, aye, 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 aye. So he came with a good pedigree as well. Well, I think he. Um... Clement, if, if I remember correctly, I think, did he play in the very first game Walter Smith came back or the first couple? I can't remember. Dundee United it was, and I thought he played. And then the funny thing is, he signed Kevin Thompson as sort of a replacement, so maybe he just thought a similar mode, but Thompson's maybe got a wee bit more bite against him, or he had always had his mind on Thompson coming, so he knew there wasn't room for the two of them. Yeah, I'm, I don't I'm, know. I'm I, sure I, we got close to a million for him as aye. well, which is so I, I don't know how it would have worked out, but I, I agree. I would. I think he was a tidy, tidy player, and probably. Uh, I mean, him Danny stayed as well, didn't he? From that that era, um, was him Danny Laguin? I no, no. He, was um, he McLeish? McLeish signed him Danny. Didn't he? I think McLeish did because it was the summer we signed something like five captains. It was I, um, and him Danny was one of them. Um, but this is your question, so I think I get the feeling you've got a sort of bugbear. Well, I was kind of the the ones I was looking at. The obvious one that stood out, but I think it was more a a kind of follow. It was Gattuso. You look at me, didn't he get a crack at work because advocates came in, got rid of him for next to nothing, and he's went on to, um, you know, he's obviously went on to do a lot of European cups and World Cups. Um, so I think he was the obvious one. But I think that was more a follow with advocate. Um, didn't see I I maybe something something's happened there. But the other one I kind of looked at, and I was kind of toying with a few of them. Um, but for me, it was Thomas Buffel. He, um, he had a lot. He had everything. He had a lot of pace, skill, and he just didn't seem to get a run again. It seems as if he had a quiet game. He was frozen out for a few weeks. If you know what I mean. And his type of player is going to have, you know, yeah. kind of quiet games and we spell. But I felt as if he didn't really get his his chance to really shine. I think maybe when you're a, when you're a sort of attack mid. You can only be suited to some games or whatever. Or you could be to... looked at as a luxury almost. Aye, um, but I just felt as if he was one that that kind of we could have got a lot more out of. Aye, I, I think he's maybe fell victim to the you need to be big and strong for Scottish football. Aye, he's quite lightweight, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. But technically, it was good. There's plenty of games I watched him. I thought he was Aye. really tidy, and I, I agree. I thought he was a good player. Right? I I do agree. Yeah, a hundred percent do agree. And the reason I say that is because. When we remember that whole Alex McLeish team that got quoted as the worst team that's ever been in Scotland, I think we were sitting like fifth in the league and all that. And we became the first Scottish team to get to the last 16 of the European mm-hmm. uh, Champions League. Um, and at the time, we had actually went with Buffel and Lovenkrans up front. Mm-hmm. And like some of the results we drew them up front were outstanding. It was almost like Buffel would drop into the 10 row, whereas Lovenkrans would sit in that 9 row. And the, the shoulder and he was a good ploy. They played well up front together. I, th- I think that Stuttgart game. Am I right in saying who was it? A Stuttgart game. Buffels went through and goal, and he sort of deflected the ball off the defender's back and into the net. 
Um, what game was that? No, that was the Villarreal. I'm sure uh, Villarreal I looked over to keep the eye to each in that game. Uh, that, uh, very good. Uh, we have, I don't know, it was funny. It was funny how we couldn't do it in the league, but we were taking on the biggest teams in Europe. Oh, getting through it's funny when you say that being quoted as ever like the worst teams it's like imagine that team compared to the, the last few years or in the banter years if you compare <laughs> if you compare like, like uh, Kevin Kyle and Sandaza up front to Buffel and Lovenkranz it's um, we didn't know what was coming at that stage we didn't know how lucky we actually had it I know I know uh, anyway I think we've covered all bases here Um let us know what you think if you're listening get in touch with us um, on social media at the moment it still is at Rangers Newsfeed um, on Facebook Rangers Newsfeed as well um, but we'll hopefully have something up and running um, depending on the popularity of the show so, just a wee side note before we move on it looks like Buffalo's still playing with Genk I think he is I think he is am I right in saying that's one of Alex McLeish's old clubs as well aye mm-hmm. um, so We'll move on. Um, I think we'll go with my question next. That was a wee bit of a serious one there. So I'm going to go with something a bit humorous. What's the funniest chant you have all heard at a football match? Um, the reason I've went with this at the weekend there, um, like I say, we don't want to really touch on current affairs and stuff like that, but it was very funny. Rangers v Dundee. Um, in the Dundee end, you might have seen it on our social media channels, there was... Being polite, a heavy um, blonde girl with a lot of makeup on, and the Rangers fans began to chant at her, "You're just a shite, Gemma Collins." <laughs> <laughs> it was very funny. In fact, I think we'll play the chant. It's uh, it's not very clear, but it's extremely funny. Um, but she did lap it up. She was good humour, good banter. So. Yeah, I went that, wrong. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. That was the wrong clip. But I think he's <laughs> get the picture. Um, so my question to the guys here is, what's the funniest chant you've heard at a football match? I think I'll go with you first, of you. Right, I've picked two, right, because one's a chant and the other one's a shout. But I need to mention the shout because even to this day, I still think it's hilarious. <laughs> but uh, I, I think <laughs> it was an old fun game and. Uh, at the time, it was just funny that uh, the fans were singing "Hearts and Hearts and Where's Your Life, Hearts and Where's Your Life," and that was uh, at the time I was I just thought it was hysterical. Um, but the shout that I wait, went for wait, where was his wife? Uh, what was she? she I think she, she cheated on him or something. Oh, he'd been cheated on her. I think. Ah, that's what it was. I she'd left him. Yeah, watch Hearts and No. Sorry, I'll end of this. And the 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 funniest shout I've ever heard was. Uh, Marvin Andrews won a header in the halfway line and I think the ball near enough reached the 18 yard box and the guy behind me shouted Marvin Andrews that's the only player I know that could take a corner with his head Shagdy what you got um, well, I've got two songs as well I couldn't split between um, I don't know how you'll find this funny but it was it was right up my street so to give you a story it was Rangers were playing Motherwell for Park. Uh, it was a Boxing Day game, so every day was a wee bit. Every day had a wee bit to drink. I think every day was Mary, in the festive spirit. So the songs were gone. Rangers, I think, won. They won four one. It was a comfortable victory anyway. All the songs were about the players they loved. And I think the Bagheera song came out that day and all that. And then I think they went through it about every player singing about them and praising them. And then it came to Ricky Foster. And the chant started, he's only on loan, Ricky Foster, he's only on loan. So I just found that funny. Um, another one, kind of similar type of humour, 
we were beating Celtic 2-0. I think they'd already won the league and Walter Smith came back. And we brought Sebo on. And the full place started singing Sebo's on, we're taking the piss. <laughs> Believe it or not, on our social media channels, um, Stephen Boyle has actually put that one forward. Sebo's on, we're taking the piss. He's also put one forward, um, famously when we played Dortmund away in Lorenzo Amoruso. Um, how do you put this? <laughs> um, he innocent until proven guilty, but supposedly he racially abused one of their players. The Rangers fans started chanting the the return leg. He only swears in Italian. <laughs> swears in Italian. <laughs> <laughs> but I can remember. I've actually got two as well. Um, one I'm actually going to give to the away support. Um, we like a bit of banter in football. We were away to St Mirren. Um, St Mirren were ahead at the time. Um, and absolutely loving it. We had Jean-Claude Darsfield up front and they actually started chanting at Darsfield, you're just a fat Eddie Murphy. <laughs> fat Eddie Murphy. <laughs> Honestly, so it went on and on and I actually found it quite funny. So on around about the hour mark, Darsfield gets subbed off. Who comes on? Demarcus Beasley. <laughs> <laughs> so the St. Mary fans start chanting, you're just a skinny Eddie Murphy. Skinny Eddie Murphy. <laughs> Oh man, I enjoyed that. But the other one was, I think we've all got, we've all got a pal, right? That puts claim to everything, right? So they hit out a part that they think's original, but everybody knows quite clearly it's not. So we were at home to Leon. It's about a Champions League theme, I think. It's because Celtic took a scudding last night. So <laughs> it was a famous game. We were at home to Leon. Um, Dashfield missed a, a good chance. Is a Dashfield? Is a Dashfield theme as well? That's it. So he missed a famous chance there. Karim Benzema blew onto the scene with two absolute screamers. Hat-trick, no? Am I right? Double hat-trick? Uh, no, at Ibrox, we I beat them in the home league. I think Aye. he maybe got a hat-trick. I can't remember. Uh, it was too near the end anyway, but it was first half. We were looking pretty desperate, and it was the time where the classic TV show Big Ron Manager was on, um, which, if anybody hasn't seen it, it was at Peterborough, and Ron Atkinson was brought in as a sort of director of football role who overseen and basically stepped all over the manager's toes um, when things weren't going right. So they were, they were struggling, Peterborough were struggling, and the manager wasn't really towing the line, and he had the star striker um, on the bench. So he said, why is he on the bench? And he was kind of like, oh, he's been injured, so we're just going to put him on the bench. And Big Ron bursts into the dressing room and says, if he's fit enough for the bench, he's fit enough to start. That's kind of stuck in my head. So we're sitting Brimland Rear watching the game. I can't remember specifically who the player was, but the guy behind me says to his mates, if he's fat enough for the bench, he's fat enough to start. His mates as if he's just hit out with it. I'm sitting thinking, this guy think we're buttoned up the back here. Oh, it's quite funny. Um, but I, that was that. Um, I can't really think of any, any others. I just want to jump in. I've just looked it up. He got two at the end. Benzema. Two at the end. 85 and 88. That's sure get sent off that night as well. Did the first one. Yeah, Darsville in the 90 minute. 90th minute. Or well, around about the 90th minute. sent off. It's meant to think the chance he missed and then that actually led to us going to the UEFA Cup final. I know, <laughs> I know I've gone off a wee bit here, but uh, actually if you could remind it back, you're glad he didn't score. <laughs> okay, going back to the social media on this, because I think it's good to get some humorous ones. Um, James McMillan um, goes with a chant about Posh Spice and Michael Moles. I think we can throw that one together ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> Something that rhymes with Moles and Posh Spice in the middle. Um, let's see who else have we got there was another good one that I found Arthur Boric McGregor 
your wife, McGregor, your wife. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a few others that I can't really talk about. <laughs> so anyway, last subject to the night goes to Augie. What have you got for us? I've, uh, Froze? <laughs> I, I've just blocked him off my, my notes. I don't know what I've done Two things. Right. Aye, mine was uh, who do you want to, uh, out of the current crop of players, uh, uh, Rangers obviously were, were trying to move on for the last few years, and I would just like to know who you guys think, out of the current squad, whether on loan or currently at the team, who you would build a team around going forward, who you, who you would keep to challenge Celtic, who you think can maybe progress to that level. Yeah, so, so what you mean is, when 55 eventually comes, it might not be this season, um, you mean so that we, we would be almost like dominant. Yeah. Who who in the current team could play in a dominant Rangers team? Um, I w- I'll just keep going and say Ryan Jack, without a doubt. He's young. He's come in. He's showed a lot of hunger. He's been a captain at a club before. Um, he shows great maturity and there's nothing that says that he can't stay at Rangers. And he's basically the captain and waiting at Rangers when Wallace goes. I know there's a lot of players that would fit into that bracket, but they are slightly older talking to Bruno Alves and your Kenny Miller, but Ryan Jack has arguably been Rangers' best signing this season. He's came on a free, and there's nothing to say that he can carry the mantle going forward, and I think the next step has got to be his international call-up. I know that doesn't say too much in Scotland, where Gordon Strachan picks his friends. We've seen players in form when, at the time, Barry Mackay and Lee Wallace were cutting it big time at Rangers. Might not be so much now with Wallace, but they didn't get their caps. Over, over the city we've seen some good performances and they've still not got capped so I think it has to be a progression that he gets an international cap bus onto that international scene and then people see how good he actually is I watch him every week I know how good he is and let's face it he's, he's going he's gonna to be a top top player I agree with you yeah, I, I, I've not I have to admit I didn't watch a lot of him at Aberdeen um, but from what I heard and people that I know that have seen him with Aberdeen all think he was, he was a good player um, and from what I've seen him this season, I think he's he, lo- he looks comfortable in the ball and he looks reassuring, which a lot of our midfielders probably haven't. Um, so yeah, I'd agree with that. He was one I had jotted down. No, I, I, I like him. He does a, he does a lot of dirty work. He doesn't get credit as enough enough credit for what he actually does for the squad. I, to be honest with you, I agree with him not being in the international setup right now. Um, because I think he's just moved to Rangers and he probably needs a good few months of doing really well. Um, and you would actually rather see him focus on being settled in that Rangers team and mainstay in that Rangers team but I agree if he keeps progressing the way the way he has and and in fairness he's he's um red card obviously get rescinded against Hibs. You you would say I mean some people would say they want to take that out of that game because he has run the risk of being sent off the way he's right. acted but you actually don't really want to take that out of his game because you need that bit of bite. You, I think I think with players like that you, you understand that they might get sent off a few times a season um and get loads of bookings. But you, I think it's been badly missing in that Rangers midfield a bit of, a bit of bite and a bit of the, the dirty work yeah there. absolutely yeah. I, I listened to uh, correct me if I'm wrong here but I think it was Cy Ferry's interview with Kevin Thompson and he was talking about his time under Walter Smith and he said Walter Smith used to say to him first 10 minutes I want to see a booting for you every game first 10 minutes first 10 minutes and yeah. it's good to hear stuff like that behind the scenes and uh, I could imagine Jack under Walter Smith would be I don't know. Kishin, Kishin has done well with him. I think Kishin likes an aggressive player. And 
I think he's well given. I mean, I've been on about him doing the dirty work. He's he's a good player as well. Do you know what I mean? He's, oh, absolutely. He's, he showed on the ball. I think he's comfortable. I think he doesn't try and he, he knows what he's good at. Um, and I think I dare say the way there's some similarities for the way Scott Brown played last year or the way Scott Brown plays when he's on his game. Um, but he should. <laughs> um, but you, you know, you know what I mean. That type of that type of player. Um, but he is good on the ball. Um, as well as being somebody that can put the put the work in yep I agree with Jack yep who else we got Um, mine's a kind of I thought looking at it just now I think Rossiter I think is one I know he's not I know he's not the first choice in that midfield right now but I think he's got the potential to be a really big player for Rangers Um, I think this year will be a big a big year for him as I said if he breaks into the first team if he shows what he's which can be that he's he's up against it a wee bit because obviously the guy we're speaking about Jack and Dorns has come in. Um, I really think from watching him, he's been unlucky with injuries. He's maybe not had the chance to start this season, but I really like him. Um, and I think not just not just his ability. He's always highly rated at Liverpool, but I think his character as well. I mean, you look at that embarrassment we had against Progress. He was on it facing the media, and the way he spoke was like a good bit of passion, a wee bit. Of, you know, he got it. Um, so for me, that's the type of player you want in your squad. And as I said, Andy's abilities came from a good background at Liverpool, highly rated with um, you know, the England youth set-up. I think he could be a really big player. He might find a wee bit frustrating this season, but I think his chance will come. Um, and the other, the other kind of standouts, I think, is um, Candias and Morelos that have obviously started started the season really well. Um, so I think those guys, I think you've got to look at and say, would they, would they expect to... Do we expect to have a big part of this this rebuilding rebuilding job? But a lot of the other ones, the jury's still still really out on. Um, but those ones, I think, have really have really stood I out. I agree with Rossiter. It's another one I jotted down. I think he's like you say, he's mature and he, he seems like he's a he wants to play for the club and he, he wants mm-hmm. to win. And you do you, these are the kind of mental attributes that you don't often see in players. But it's needed, especially after all these years of not really doing too much. You need these guys that are going to go out and come mm-hmm. in and know that Rangers should be up there challenging. For the league, so and and again, his ability seems, seems to be there as well. So he's young and he's young and he'll get better. So I, I agree with with also. Yeah, and I totally agree. Yeah, I think he still needs to make a step up. There is potential there for him to do it. It kind of makes me think, why did Liverpool let him go? There's always that question with me. I know, I know. It's... England under 19s captain speaks volumes, but you look back at the England under 19s teams over the years and when you see where they actually progress to you'd be surprised how many actually don't make it as it is the bulk majority of the team so Rossiter's in a period just now where I'm around saying he's 21 possibly 20, 21 um, 22, 23 you're hoping he's kind of starting to improve and progress but he's going to need opportunities at the Angels I think in the upcoming Old Firm match we've got to fill that midfield and I think he'd be the right man to put in there although I think he would have done it by now Aye. I, I think, to I think you, you and I spoke about it the other day about what we'd have in the, the old firm team and I just think we need to beef up that midfield I think that's where Celtic are particularly strong um, and I think we need to beef up that midfield and I think Rossiter's the man for an old firm game we'll, know, we'll put a tack on stamp his authority we'll know like, we're not can I give him a minute's piece He's. I think we need to sacrifice maybe and only have one up front and go with him um, in midfield him, Jack, with Dorns just in front, and that's that's what I think the, the the team should be. But I I agree with you. It's very much the it's 
don't want to say the unknown because we've seen a wee bit of what he's capable of, but with the injury last year, you're just it's just a big it's a big time for him to see how he steps up. But I'm quite glad Kishinya seems to be taking it somewhat slow with him in some ways. You know, I he played him quite a few games in the kind of development squad and friendlies over the the summer and didn't try not to throw him in too early. So hopefully that will do him good rather than just being thrown right back in as the main man. So that might benefit him in the, in the long haul. I've just looked up, he's, he's 20 at the moment. He's 20. 20 half, plenty, so plenty, plenty of time to progress. I think it's in a five-year deal at Rangers. So yeah, hopefully he gets his opportunity. He's a very likeable guy as well. I know you mm-hmm. said, Kieran, about the, the question, like, why is Liverpool let him go? But then... Leicester seem to think they're going to win the league letting Dodo go. So you're saying although he's on loan, you'd have Rangers build their team around Joe Dodo. Joe Dodo, I think this might be your last podcast. This might be your first and last podcast. I've got, apart from Jack and Rossiter, I've also got Morelis Pitch. and O'Halloran. Uh, if he comes back. <laughs> talk about, He's won it, didn't he get a fair crack at Talk about, um, talk about controversial. I just think and he looked j- electric. J- just before you carry on here, I think Johnny's got a soft spot for him because we met him when we were out one night and he doesn't particularly drink. We didn't give him a lift home, but I still like him. Blaze and tries to jump in the back seat. He's Mercedes 4x4, <laughs> to which he's told to beat it. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Aye, no, just because he's my best mate, I hope, he's, hope he does really well. But no, I think... I don't know if he'll get his chance, to be honest, at Rangers, I'm not sure, but if he can play anything like it looks like he can play, I'd quite like him and enjoy him. But I, for the team that's there now, Morelis, I, I think he looks brilliant. No, yeah. oh, he looks an absolute find. Um, you're reading all the headlines this week and his, his ambition is to play in that Columbia team. And that's, you've seen them at the last World Cup, am I right saying that? Last World Cup where James Rodriguez broke onto the scene. Aye. You had Falcao there as well. They, they are an excellent team and to be fair what I've seen in Morelli so far this guy is a number nine How I have this conversation quite a lot with guys that the number nine is almost becoming distinct you look back years ago when you had number nines like Man United had four that won the Champions League that famous night um, in the new camp where they had Sheringham, Solskjaer, Cole, York how many number nines can you name these days the last one we had was Chris Boyd and he, he was brilliant at what he'd done. People people took liberties saying he didn't run enough, but he didn't have to when you get the service round about you. And I think as well with Morelis touching on that kind of point, he's not a boy striker, he doesn't hang about the box, he does a lot of work outside yeah. the box. Um I think he should hang about the box more. I think he should be a bit lazier. Give us an active striker in behind him and mm-hmm. he could go even further, he could be even better, but he is a lovable guy. He certainly finish. And I think that what I really like about him is he looks as if nothing would phase him or bother him. Aye, absolutely. I just think that he looks I think he's I can't remember what age he is. I think he's only about 21. He's fairly young and he okay. still doesn't know. I don't think, I don't think he really. I think Kishinu was saying the other day he doesn't really know. He doesn't really know a lot of English. He can't speak a lot of English. That's true. Aye. So he's come over here and a team that's just kind of settling. And Harlan was English, young guy, and that's where he started. So it makes you think, like, what can he actually? What can he actually? Because I still think, having watched him early part of the season, he's banging in the goals. But I still think there's a lot more from him. Yeah. Um, I still think in the, I still think his fitness is going to get better. Um, he's going to last, long, have more impact in longer spells of the game. Um, but he's banging them in there, and I think his his overall game will just improve. So I think. Um, it must have done the world a good getting a few getting a few goals in but I think as well I think 
people don't give enough credit for even see the one he scored against Ross County, right? I know oh, it's an absolute joke, but no, but see the second one. See, although he slaughtered a goalkeeper, it's an absolute joke. He's chased it down, slid in, got back up Aye. and won it. He's got that wee bit in his game where he's Aye. chasing down everyone, he's fighting for everyone. Um, I know that's a comical goal, but I you don't appreciate just, the actual work he, he puts in. Certain players would have just sat in a bum and dug it up. Aye. Aye. It's, Aye. it's funny, I thought you were actually going to touch on his first goal at Ross County. Sounds like a great goal. There's not much pace in the cross. It's been kind of looked lofted, however you look at it. There's not much pace in that ball. He's checked away from between two defenders and he's generated power by bouncing the ball in off the ground. That is a natural finisher. This guy has got something, and I think you're bang on, Johnny. If Rangers can keep a hold of him, which hand on heart, I don't think they will if he keeps going the way he is because he's got big ambitions, he's got a good pedigree, and the type of player, if you looked him up in Champ Man, <laughs> he put in a big bid for him. <laughs> I just want to mention these, I'm just looking at his Wikipedia, so take, it, take this with a pinch of salt because it's never always accurate, but uh, he played with Independ. Dente Medellin. Medellin. Medellin, seven appearances, six goals. HJK on loan, 30 appearances, 16 goals. HJK, 12 appearances, 11 goals. And Rangers, five appearances, five goals. Seven appearances and six goals, I think, at Rangers. Now, let me double-check this, because... It's maybe not been updated, but it's still yeah, not bad. I think his average actually works out a goal every 60 minutes in Scotland. So, yep, I've got it here. Seven goals, right? And six appearances at Rangers on average a goal every sixty minutes. His Dembele dollars are clocking <laughs> up, man. I think we're about forty already. Nah, he's easy forty million, isn't he? Aye. My, my question would be though, on top of that, is could we build the team around Pena if he stays out of campus? And <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I think that's a question for another um, for another <laughs> podcast, but. Um, I think we'll wrap things up guys um, it's been a pleasure, first podcast um, it'd be good to get some feedback on social media um, subscribe to us if you enjoyed it um, and just to thank you guys Augie, but till next time we'll hopefully try and do this every fortnight or every three weekly because I don't think we'll get enough shite to talk for every week <laughs> <laughs> but no, thank you for listening um, follow us online at Rangers Newsfeed Facebook Rangers Newsfeed and we've also got a wee shop, rangersnewsfeed.shop, so check us out there. Thanks for listening.